Welcome to All of the Above, where we love to talk about theology, ministry, books, sermons, anything else related to Jesus, uh, his mission, his church. I am Aaron Markham, one of the pastors here at Ridgewood Church, and have the pleasure of being joined by Jim Slice. Jim, this is our first podcast together. I know, this mistaken. is a momentous occasion. Momentous occasion. Yeah. That's excellent. It's really good to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Uh, of course, of course. I'm super excited to be here with Jim. Now, in his last sermon, Jim talked about, I think, loving family time at Christmas. Yeah. And so my question for you, we're kind of coming out of the Christmas holiday, is just what is a favorite Christmas tradition? I'll mm. say in the Slice household. So this can be if your favorite thing was when you were a child as a slice, you know, as a as a young slice, or what's a favorite tradition you guys have okay, today? So since um, I got to, I started dating Kayla. Just about every year, we have gone to Dillard House in Dillard, Georgia, and it's a they have a breakfast buffet and they decorate the place for Christmas. And uh, I there were this is a little bit embarrassing to admit. Uh, there were there was one time where the snow on the ground was so beautiful, the food was so good that I got a little bit teary eyed. Uh, I I'm not exaggerating; like it, it really just was that heavenly, just the perfect occasion. It was the it really was. So uh, sadly, like this year, we didn't get to go. Uh, we have gone. I can't remember how many years in a row before this, but the schedule was just too packed. And, you know, new baby, but uh, we'll pick that up again in the future. I love so. that. I have heard of, yeah, you guys and maybe even being joined by a few others driving two hours for breakfast. And it's yeah. like, I don't understand, but that's a great tradition. Yeah, so. it really is. So, it, it, and it, yeah, I, I don't know how to, um, I, I don't know if other people have shed tears over breakfast, but. Breakfast and snow. Yeah, that's breakfast amazing. and snow. That's so, perfect. I love Christmas it. Christmas trees. I love it. We are uh, trying to st- kind of start a new tradition. I love um, pretty much the only sport I watch is English Premier League. <laughs> and so December 26th is Boxing Day in mm. England, which from what I know is essentially when like organizations or like um, uh, places, places of work would give like boxes as like kind of Christmas presents or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand all the ins and outs. All I know is it's a major day in soccer and like every team plays in England. So we're kind of making December 26, kind of that morning. Um, Cause soccer, it's always, you know, in England. So back up five or six hours, they're always playing in the morning, kind of a, a big morning in the Markham house of pancakes, eggs, bacon, awesome. Um, my, my parents got us new Arsenal shirts this year. Cool. We, you know, just did kind of the whole nine. Um, cool. So we're, we're making, we're trying to make December 26th kind of I actually heard something little... about where Boxing Day comes from, that it's the servant class in England. Uh, they would be serving on Christmas Day, and so they would box up leftovers um, for the next day when they would be able to observe Christmas. Excellent. See, all you got to do is be with Jim, and you will just <laughs> learn so many things that are just helpful to life and just wisdom. <laughs> so thank you, Jim. Yeah, I hope that, that changes other people's lives as well. Yeah. Well, we are here uh, talking about the relationship of works and faith. Um, Jim and I have had two passages in recent days that we have preached on in First John that have 
dealt with uh, kind of kind of this relationship and how works and faith overlap. I wanted to just read a little bit of those two passages that kind of help point us in, in the direction that we're trying to go and ha- the, really the tension that we're trying to manage. So uh, a number of weeks ago, we were in 1 John for Advent, and, and I had 1 John kind of uh, most of chapter 2. And 1 John 2, uh, verses 9 through 11 says, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And so there's this kind of relationship of, you know, if you say you're in the light but you hate your brother, really your your kind of works depict what you actually believe. And I ended up talking about, you know, that that we as humans are are all eternal beings and even John uses some some language that we really want to walk in light of eternity, not walking in light of of the temporal. And so I kind of talked about Really, people's eternity is is at stake, um, ultimately based on their faith in Christ, but also our lives do represent, uh, you know, what what we believe. I think about a passage like Philippians two, uh, verses twelve and thirteen. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So there's this kind of aspect of working out our salvation. We're, we'll talk more about uh, kind of how salvation looks here, here in a few moments. Jim's passage uh, in 1 John 3, he had the passages or the verses kind of right after me and covered most of 1 John 3. Verses 6 through 10 says, No one who abides in Jesus keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. And it's interesting reading that verse in tension with the first few verses of, of chapter 2 and the last few verses of chapter 1 that essentially says, everyone sins. Except then John says here, if you're with Jesus, there's kind of this habit of putting off sin. Verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous, as Christ is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother." So both of our passages seem to emphasize how we live, righteous living, not sinning, and it's hard to work out all of those, especially as we think about salvation. So we're going to kind of start off with two basic questions to kind of situate our thinking, and then we'll kind of hit two kind of higher level questions and hopefully be able to give some shed some light on this conversation. So... Jim, kind of my, my first question, maybe we can, I'll even just ask both and we can work around both of these kind of basic questions, is what, the first one is what is faith? And the second one is wor- what are works or what are good works? So help us think about kind of what, what is faith and then what are works and, and how yeah. would you even distinguish those? Okay, uh, when I mean, think about faith, uh, you know, I think about it's the, um, hope um, in things unseen um, is 
is kind of one biblical definition. And I mean, we talk about our, our faith is uh, explicitly rooted in, connected to, placed on Jesus Christ. So that uh, everything that Jesus says about himself, um, including that he has the authority uh, to um, you know, tell us how to live, like what to do. Um, you know, he tells his disciples to, uh, to go and make disciples, um, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. Um, so, so faith in Jesus is uh, belief that uh, he is who he says that he is uh, and that he's a worthy sacrifice uh, to uh, cover, atone or for our sins um, and that he's a worthy um, Lord with the authority to um, call his people um, to change and to obedience. That's really good. So that, that first kind of definition you gave comes from Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Um, I thought about Hebrews 11, 3, so just a couple of verses later. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So it, yeah, faith is really the kind of this hope and you know things that we can't quite even get our hands all the way around um, and maybe fully understand. So faith is kind of something we trust and hope in. It's this kind of abiding trust in God and his promises. It's interesting kind of even the distinction of kind of faith and hope um, because I feel like they go hand in hand, uh, but the scripture seems to almost have a slight distinction. Mm -hmm. Kind of hope is confident expectation, kind of especially that eternal salvation has come or will come. True faith is is maybe kind of more like what we believe is seen as kind of true and real and reliable, something we can um, really, really hold out our, our, our faith in. And I even think about, I love what you said there, kind of faith is built on Christ, in Christ. So it's built on um, an, an, an object more than the possessor of the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so really we're, we're rooting... Our faith is almost rooted in the object that the faith is in more than our ability to hold the faith. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does seem like, you know, just living the Christian life for a couple of few decades that uh, it's an issue that comes up for me, for others that I've interacted with, to get very focused on the quality of our faith. Uh, and I, I think Tim Keller has probably spoken to this, uh, that quality of the faith is secondary to object of the faith, Mm -hmm. that Christ is the rock solid object of that faith. And um, I I want to say he gave an illustration. He was talking about the Israelites um, walking through the Red Sea as it was parted. Um, And, you know, some walking through with sort of a delight and Mm -hmm. um, and like an abject, like an utter confidence that, that they were safe. Uh, and some walking through with sort of a um, a fear that you know the the walls might close in or um, you know at any moment, um, but all of them made it through. Um, the Yahweh was uh, the object of their faith, and um, whether their faith was strong or weak, um, that object was rock solid. Wow, that is that's really really helpful. Um, and I mean, it, it, we we think about anything. I mean, I think about like. Uh, being in an in an airplane, the vast range of emotions of mm. people's faith, like oh, this is great, this is flying in airplanes, my most favorite thing to do in the whole wide world, 
and then it's like literally the scariest thing that you could possibly do. Like I'm in this plane, like takeoff, landing, mm-hmm. flying, like it's mm-hmm. it's it's terrifying. It's like it doesn't matter what your faith in the plane is. All it matters is is the plane, the 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 object that your tons of faith or your lack of faith is in. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really helpful even thinking about, yeah, the Red Sea. No doubt there were people terrified and no doubt there were people super excited and totally just watching this, you know, how how big was the wave of, of water that was just stopped and they're mm-hmm. just walking right between it. That's really helpful. So Jim, tell us a little bit about what what are works? What are good works? Kind of how does that distinguish from from faith? Yeah, I think there are maybe a couple of categories when I think about works. Um, <clears throat> one is uh, conformity to the image of Jesus Christ, uh, that we are uh, putting sin to death, like we're identifying our uh, sinful, like fleshly habits, um, and looking to, through prayer, um, through faith, um, stop, cease those habits, um, break those habits. Um, and then put on righteous habits in their place. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I struggle to think of like a good example um, that doesn't, but ang- maybe like angry responses and knowing that um, you have a hair trigger um, and asking for the Lord to um, help you to um, not not respond in the moment, um, but be able to exercise self control um, so that then you can. Um, assess your anger, you know, before the Holy Spirit and, um, and recognize like where there's sinfulness in that. And then instead like repent of that, that thinking, um, think about it in like a Christ-like way and, um, and respond out of that, uh, you know, is, is kind of an example. Um, the other big category I, I think is, is sort of good deeds. Um, you know what we would call, so like James, uh, we'll talk about, um, if you say you have faith, but you have no works, um, can such faith say, and I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, um, but the example he gives is, brother or sister comes to you without clothes or daily food, and if you say, like, oh, man, I, ho- I, hope, that Im- I hope that gets better, good luck, um, you know, what have you really done for him? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you need to respond to the that need. Um, that's a, a kind of good deed, um, and it it flows out of Christ-like character. I mean, mm-hmm. the two are related. Um, but, I, but I see, like, sort of that self-work, quote-unquote, um, versus um, that outward-looking, like, mm-hmm. good deeds that we do in the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. uh, because we've been saved by Jesus Christ because he's done such a good deed to us. That's really Those are really helpful categories, the kind of inward-working, conforming to Christ, and the outward-working of revealing Christ almost or, yeah. or serving serving people. I like the um I kind of ran in ran into the Heidel, Heidelberg Catechism question ninety one, what are good works? And I the answer is interesting based based on kind of the previous question. What are good works? Only those which proceed from a true faith are performed according to the law of God mm-hmm. and to his glory not such as are founded on our imaginations or the institutions of men. But I thought it was interesting almost to define good works by that which proceeds from a true faith, mm-hmm. a true faith in, you know, in Christ for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that was a helpful distinction um, if we're trying to, I mean, it is biblical to talk about good works or good deeds. You, you alluded to James, and we'll, we'll talk about that more here in just a second. Um, 
but good works pr- proceed from faith. That's really helpful. Um, all right, so kind of our, our two big questions that we really want to want to harp on. Our, our first one is what is necessary for salvation? What is necessary for any individual's salvation? That was kind of the, the question that came up. We were uh, you know talking about the relationships of good works to eternal salvation. Um, what is necessary for, for salvation, Jim? Uh, yeah, I, I believe that to repent and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ um, and you'll be saved, um, that's necessary for salvation. Uh, if you, uh, Paul says to the Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if there's a, you're, you're willing to publicly proclaim allegiance to Jesus Christ um, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, so that's, that's again, um, believing Jesus is who he says that he is, believing that uh, the supernatural uh, work of the resurrection uh, demonstrates uh, his uh, conquering of sin and death uh, and uh, his approval from his heavenly father. Um, and so, so that the proclamation and the, the belief in that um, is... Uh, the means by which we're saved or um, the, um, what we do, the obedience of faith. Um, that's what I would say to someone in a nutshell. That's great. That's really helpful. I would, uh, a few things that, that I thought about is, um, I, the first thing I wrote down, what is necessary for salvation, I wrote down works but not ours, rather Christ's work oh, that's on, the, on the cross. Mm-hmm. So there is work that is necessary, but it's not ours, it's, it's Christ. A few verses I thought about, Galatians three twenty four. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. So the law kind of protected us, Christ came, um, fulfilled the law, did the works, and now we are justified by faith. Romans 5.10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall be saved by his life. We are saved by Jesus, no, nothing else. Hebrews 4, 9 and 10, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. There, there's this almost kind of when we enter the Sabbath rest, which ultimate kind of Sabbath rest is is in Christ, we're almost resting from any doing it. Like we we cannot do anything. Mm-hmm. We, we rest in Christ. So Christ works are, is necessary for salvation. I, I think you really helpfully pointed out we don't earn our salvation. It's um, you know, we're justified by his grace as a gift, Romans three. One of my favorite passages to go to in, in thinking about what you just said, we're kind of saved by grace through faith, not by works. Um, and it kind of helps the tension of, of this question and the next question is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So remember that, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. By grace you've been saved through faith, not your own doing. It's gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's, that's important to remember for what we're going to talk about here in just a second. And then um, kind of what you just said, salvation comes through faith in the Son, faith in Christ. Uh, I love Galatians uh, 2.21, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, kind of, i.e., through your works, 
then Christ died for no purpose. And we know Christ died for a purpose, and that is to uh, redeem us, redeem a, a people, you know, for himself. Yeah. That's good. Would you add anything else there? Uh. No, no, I think, um, yeah, um, Christ provides a worthy sacrifice. Um, he's the um, lamb without blemish or defect. Mm. Um, the, and, yeah, I, I think that's uh, important um, that work was done um, by the person who could do it. Yep. And uh, our response is, um, is not a response of works, but, uh, but of faith. Yeah, faith and love and um, really adoration. Okay, so then... W- that's kind of what is necessary for salvation. So then kind of the, the big final question is, what is the role of good works? What, what role does works play in all of this? Yeah, I think the seminal verse for me uh, was, uh, follows on from um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Um, verse 10 is, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, and uh, so it, it seems like good works are um, at least one of the reasons that we've been saved. Um, uh, we've been saved so that we might do these good works, um, so that we might be conformed to the image of Christ, mm-hmm. so that we might uh, represent or, 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 or sort of imitate um, his graciousness uh, in, um, towards the world and the world. Um, showing them mercy, showing them good deeds, and, and, and providing for their needs, um, you know, according to, to whatever means that we have. Um, so, so yeah, there's there's that. Um, what are good works? We kind of talked about that before. Um, how do, how does it play in? And then I, I think the warning of the passages um, that we both we each preach from is that there's a, um, a barometer, there's a, you know, some sort of, of, of metric that um, if a person like, like claims the promise of um, salvation you know, by professing Jesus Christ um, as Lord, um, and there's, there's a, a real simplicity in that, uh, and a person can... Um, almost easily say, yes, like, you know, I'm, that's what I want. Um, but then, uh, there's no transformation. Um, there's no conformity to the image of Christ. Uh, there's, uh, no attempt to meet the needs, um, especially of the, uh, brothers and sisters in the church. Then you have to really, you have to have to ask the question, like, is, is transformation taking place? Um, have you moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light? Uh, and, you know, I guess maybe the, the danger is, is like, well, how many good deeds, um, how much conformity do I need? Um, is it an outward conformity? But I think the passages are meant to, to be a warning, I mean, for um, the conviction of, of individuals' hearts. And, um, you know, we, we might have suspicions kind of looking at someone else's life, um, and I, I think we might, you know, offer these warnings, uh, but it, it, it is something we have to like tread carefully, um, and with humility and fear and trembling, um, in ministering those sort of warnings to others, um, and in, um, 
you know, as we, and then examine ourself, um, going before the Lord and, and saying like, you know, Lord, um, you know, have you transformed me? Like, um, um, am I, am I missing something? I've known brothers who have very tender consciences who, who maybe kind of get stuck in, in cycles around that question. Um, I don't know, maybe that's a, a conversation for another time. Um, I don't think that for the most part we're doing too much self-examination. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it is um, good to take these passages seriously um, and say, like, yes, like, you know, are the works, the transforming works of the gospel, um, are they present in my life? Um, so I, I think that's what I've got. Yeah, that's really helpful. And, and do our kind of works reflect our faith? And I mean, maybe I'm I'm helped, and but maybe it's not helpful. I, I don't know. To almost like go to the extremes of you know, I say I love Casey, my wife, and yet you know, I'm never home, or I'm unfaithful, or I'm always yelling, or I um, despise being with her, or you know, any just go to kind of the extreme. It's like, well, does your kind of extreme works actually represent that you say? you love her and you, you know, love being with her and like her and all those kinds of things. I'm like, well, do those, is what you're saying kind of line up with, with what you're doing? And that's kind of where hypocrisy, you know, in many ways we're all hypocrites because Mm -hmm. we all say we love Jesus and we love purity and we want to put off sin and yet we all sin. Um, And yet in many ways we want to kind of grow in that. We want to grow in putting off sin. I want to grow in having what I say line up with, the way my heart is and, and what I believe. But obviously in that, you know, I was thinking about John 16, like Christ has sent the helper. So it's in many ways, yes, we participate in good works. Yes, we want to see fruit. And yet it's the spirit who changes our hearts. It's the spirit who grows us. Yeah. And yet that means I'm going to yeah, try to wake good. up this morning and read my Bible. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to, you know, if we see a person in need, I'm going to try to meet the need. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm participating, I'm doing and yet the Spirit is the one who, who changes why, while it so kind of highlights why it's a, it's a long-term endeavor, a long-term growth. I love you quoting, yeah, Ephesians 2.10. Just the, the tensions that are always in Scripture almost right up next to each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not saved by good works. And it's like, oh, okay, no, good works. They don't matter. Trust in Jesus. And like, next verse, you're saved to do good works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, hold on. Okay, so I'm so I'm gonna do good works, and it's like yes, and they proceed or they are products of your faith. I think about too the passage that Trevor preached in, and kind of First John, into First John one, beginning of First John two. The whole few verses is you're a sinner. If you say you don't have sin, you're a liar. And then John says, "But hey, I'm writing this to you so that you don't sin." Mm-hmm. And then his very next verse is, "But hey, if you do sin, <laughs> don't worry about it because you have Jesus Christ, yeah. the righteous one." And it's like. Back and forth, back and forth. You're a sinner. Don't sin, actually. But actually, when you do sin, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, is there. And so it's it's these tensions to manage, or, or and maybe not even manage, just just love and embrace. Like, right. Christ has redeemed us, and now we hope good works proceed from our faith. I thought about, yeah, what you mentioned earlier, James 2. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Mm-hmm. Can that faith save him? And then he goes on to kind of give examples that... Good works proceed from faith. They're, they're rooted in God's word. They bring glory to God. They represent our heart. They don't save us. Right. Um, but and, they are fruit. 
And I, I would offer, like, I mean, as a, you know, as a bit of counsel that, you know, if, you know, examining yourself, you're struggling with, like, have I been transformed? Like, you know, am I loving others the way that Christ has loved me? Mm -hmm. uh, then the response to that, like, you know, before you like, okay, well, I, I, I got to do the good works. Um, the response is like repentance and faith um, and say like, Lord, um, you know, please like, you know, do the transforming work in me. Um, and, um, and I even like as a discipline, um, just regularly rehearsing the gospels as part of my devotional time, not because I'm getting saved every day, so to speak, um, but um, because in, in Jerry Bridges, he says that there's no day from now until I die that's beyond the need of the gospel. Um, the gospel's covering over that. Um, and there's no day from my birth to my death that's beyond the reach of the gospel. Um, so, you know, if, if there is conviction, um, then repentance and faith is the appropriate response. Um, and then asking the Lord to do a transforming work and to lead you to the good deeds um, that he's prepared for you. That's so good. I know, I, I don't think Luther actually said it, but I think it's kind of credit to to him. I've went and like read, tried, tried to read the background, but somebody coming up to ask him like, why did you, why do you just preach the gospel every Sunday? And it's something like, because you go and forget it every week <laughs> um, or, or some, something in that kind of realm. It's like, we forget it. We forget the, this this beauty of what Christ has has done for us. And I even think about, Exactly what you just said, Jim. In seasons of life where it's like I'm wrestling with one particular sin and wanting to grow, and it's like I've got to will myself to grow. I've got to force mm -hmm. myself to grow. I've got to work to grow. And, I, and, I, and I've just spent months and months and months, you know, probably years doing this. And then kind of all of a sudden I back up, and I'm like, let me just pray and ask the Lord to change me. Mm -hmm. Like change my heart, change my heart, change my heart, and just like keep praying and praying and praying. And it's like, Whoa, the Lord, the Lord answered. The spirit, the spirit worked. Right. Um, I tried for so long to to make it happen, and yet then the the spirit is the one who changed me. And I also like measuring even our growth and godliness, not really in like hours and days and weeks, but more in months and years. Like I try to look back right. at myself right. pretty regularly. Like the last six months, has there been kind of an upward trajectory? And then the last year, and then definitely the last, you know, kind of year and a half, two years, three years. Like, am I trending upwards um, or almost really trending downwards? Like, I'm growing in more conscious of my sin. Like, when I first came to the Lord, I thought my sin was just my, you know, two or three outward, um, these two or three outward showings of sin. And it's mm -hmm. like, now I'm recognizing... <laughs> Sin lies deep within me. Right. Um, I'm growing more aware of my sin and more aware of the beauty mm -hmm. uh, of Christ. Jim, would you uh, would you have any other kind of closing thoughts before we wrap up? Anything you would love to just encourage to kind of manage this tension? Um. Yeah, yeah. I I think that uh, Christ is a, a merciful Lord, um, a merciful and kind Savior. Uh, who uh, delights for uh, he, for people to come to him um, in humility, um, asking for help to uh, put off sin and, and put on righteousness. Um, he's not begrudging, um, but um, he's welcoming. Um, we were we've been reading 
Um, the name is escaping me for a second. It is the Ortland book. Gentle and Lowly. Gentle and Lowly. Yes, thank you. Um, man, brain freeze. Uh, but um, but just the emphasis again and again uh, that uh, Jesus is beckoning sinners to come to him to deal with sin. And I will hold that out to anyone so that they not like fall under a spirit of condemnation um, and discouragement and, you know, and, and then uh, turn away from turning to Jesus. Mm. That's great. Well, we, we pray that you turn and delight in Jesus, and then from that, um, works proceed. But ultimately, our faith is in the one who is righteous, the one who is advocating with the Father, and I pray that that encourages uh, your heart. Jim, thanks so much for joining me. and um, we Mark him and Slice. It was uh, a momentous occasion. It was terrific and amazing. <laughs> Hopefully... Um, Trevor and Jonathan will uh, let us do it again soon. Also, big shout out to, to Jonathan, always producing and making this happen. Uh, super Thanks, grateful Jonathan. for his his work. All right, well, we uh, we look forward to to talking uh, with you guys again soon. Thanks so much for joining us.